This is a HeadGum Podcast. Now let's start the show. This is why you're single. This is why you're single. This is why you're single. Ba, 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 ba. This is why you're single. Ba, 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 ba. Welcome to the This Is Why You're Single podcast. I'm Laura Lane. And I'm Angela Sparrow. We are the co-writers of the book, This Is Why You're Single. Every week here on the podcast, we highlight a different dating topic. This week's episode is introverts can date too. They sure can. Also on the lineup, we're talking about what's new in dating news. The friend zone isn't a thing, supposedly. And five science back tips to make you better in bed. And we're diving into the mailbox to answer your listener questions. But first, Angela, just you and I again. What is going on in your week? Okay, so I was recently having this discussion with my friends and we had a disagreement and I wanted to get your spin on it. Okay, shoot it. So when I go home to either my family or my boyfriend Ian's family's houses, we always sleep in the same bed because like we live together. They know that we we don't have separate beds. We're not what? like Lucy and Lucy, Ricky. Rico- I was just <laughs> no. going to say, you mean you're not like Lucy and yeah. <laughs> so like, yeah. I love Lucy. Yeah. For all you millennials <laughs> that don't know who Lucy, if you don't get the reference, Lucy and Ricky are. Um, but I was really surprised to find out that a lot of my friends, when they bring their boyfriends home, they sleep in separate beards, beds because they feel really weird about it. Like my friend, my one friend who's engaged, she, her, her boyfriend, her fiance will sleep on the couch and she sleeps in her bed. So I definitely don't feel weird about it, but when, okay, when I would go home to my house, we we really didn't have a choice because there was only one room, like my old bedroom and it only had one bed. And so Nick and I slept in the same bed. There definitely was like no sex happening because that bed was so fucking uncomfortable. <laughs> like we barely got any sleep. And then finally my parents got like a new bed that it was like a pullout couch where like literally the the springs like stabbed you in the back. It was horrible. Like eventually I had to like go up to LA and we had to stay at a friend in a friend's extra bedroom because I was like, I just can't sleep here, mom. Like oh, I could sleep on the floor. Anyways, to make a long story short, we did sleep in the same bed. But then when we went back to Cleveland to go visit his parents, they're very traditional. And even up until when we were engaged, we slept in separate rooms. At first I felt weird about it because I was really nervous going home to or going to his parents. And then I was like by myself in this room and I was like, I just want to like hug him and I want to like curl up next to him and sleep next to him. But then I really loved it because he sometimes snores. So I like finally <laughs> vacation. I got to finally got a full <laughs> night's sleep. So there's like great, you know, uh, pluses and minuses to everything. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I've always so I've had it both ways. Is yeah. the moral of that story. I mean, I, I kind of like my mom's. I'm very impressed with my mom being like the church lady that she is. But she's just like, I mean, you're not going to come here to have sex. I know that if you're doing it, it's uh, it's like not happening here. So like, whatever. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, she knows you're not going to be. Maybe it depends on the kind of child you have. Like you're right. a very respectful child who's close with their parents. Where we also have a really small house. So. <laughs> oh, okay, that and my room is right across yeah. the hallway from my parents. Or or that. <laughs> <laughs> so well, yeah. yeah. I guess it, I guess it depends on on the parent because i've done both and like your mom's super cool and i guess when you go to his parents house they're super cool about it too yeah yeah but he does have a twin bed and i had a twin bed for a long time my mom actually just got a full-size bed for my childhood bedroom specifically for when i bring ian home oh that's very nice so sweet 
but otherwise we're when I we're, hope she got a Lisa mattress using our code. <laughs> I don't know. Whenever anyone um, tells me they got a, a new better mattress and they didn't use Lisa, I'm like, you dummies, you should use Lisa because uh, it's very comfortable. It's very comfortable. It changed Angela's life. <laughs> it really did. It's <laughs> very comfortable. Um, but yeah, uh, when when we go home to Ian's house, he still has a twin bed. So we're like the SNL sketch hooking in my twin bed twin bed bed. bed. which my friend sarah schneider i think she wrote that she did and it's super relatable with uh, chris kelly so uh i don't know email us guys what do you think how do you stand on the great uh debate of doing it in the twin bed exactly um laura what's going on in your week my week i have been on a recent uh i've had a recent i guess you'd call it a project a goal i'm trying to make new friends Nice. And it's hard to do, as we've talked about in our uh, book podcast, it's hard to do the older you get. It's it's why so many people are like, how do I meet guys if I don't go on like Tinder? And it's like how it's the same thing with wanting to make new friends. And are you trying to replace me? I'm not trying to replace you. (laughs) There are some people I'm replacing. Um, Mm -hmm. I just, as I've gotten older, I've realized that I've grown apart with some of my friends and I just noticed that we share different values. Like maybe we're at different points in our life. Like, like some friends are like fighting with each other all the time. And I just don't want to be around that energy. And it like really gives me anxiety and it stresses me out. And like watching them fight with each other and like going to brunches where they're like not talking to each other. Like, I understand that when you're in relationships with people, you're going to get in disagreements. Like you and I will get into disagreement and like people that you're close with. It's not like I expect people to never fight because then maybe you're not being your true self, but if it's constant and you're constantly fighting with people and that's what I feel like some of my friends has, it's been happening to them where they're always in a fight with someone. I just, that's not what I want in my life anymore. So I just like you and I share so many of the same interests and I've just realized that I, want more people like you in my life i need more angela's because i don't i don't i can't hang out with you every second of the day (laughs) you have another life thanks so it's really it's been hard it's hard outgrowing friends because you can't you don't do like a breakup the way you do with a significant other it's honestly a little bit like a like a slow fade away right yeah right and then you feel guilty or at least i know that in in my experience i feel guilty because i'm like oh we did have good times together. Am exactly. I like, am I tarnishing the good times? I've been going through that a lot. And like we have so many good memories and like it's really hard to replace history. Like I so I've have like two new friends that I've made. One is a writer in a magazine that I that I recently wrote for and there was like a networking event which is kind of like an old school like dating mixer (laughs) sure and i like we kind of talked at the mixer and like hit it off and i really liked her writing and and i asked her i was like oh hey do you want to go to brunch like i felt like a guy asking like a girl out on a date and so we like and she said yes i was like all excited like oh my god exciting my new friend is going to brunch with me we're going on a date this is exciting and we had a lot of fun and then we've gone on like a double date since then um, but like it definitely she's amazing I love her I hope maybe she'll become my new best friend maybe this was just like a two date situation <laughs> I don't know yet but I have to say it's like it's definitely very different having a new friend than it is having someone that you have history with like you're like a little like oh so like you know oh you 
you have a brother? Like, right. you know, yeah, you're not quite yourself yet. You're not quite yourself yet. So I understand why it's so much easier to just resort to those old friendships, even if you have know you've grown apart and you don't share the same interests because you're like, oh, it's just so comfortable with you. Do you know what I mean? Right. But um, yeah, so I met a friend that way. And then I met a f- new friend at the comedy theater at UCB. And like, we've kind of been hanging out and like doing some writing stuff together. I'm like, all right, new, n- you're a new friend too. That's so exciting. But I'm sure like, you know what? They're not saying it either, but maybe they're looking for a new friend. Like maybe everyone's always down for a new friend, right? Yeah. But it really made me feel good when you were kind of protective over me <laughs> when I first told you that I was like hanging out with this new girl from the theater because the first thing... Angela said was she better be your side bitch <laughs> I mean <laughs> another comedy girl <laughs> that you met she, in another theater yeah at a different theater yeah I, I already feel a rivalry there's no rivalry to be had you are my main bitch anyone else is my side <laughs> bitch you're my BFF don't worry next week it's gonna be you're not you guys aren't even gonna notice nobody's getting knowledge it's gonna be Lauren some other girl talking <laughs> I'll just replace her replace her with the <laughs> podcast. Um, you ready to talk about what's in the news? Yeah. What have you been reading about? I've been reading. Okay. So I read a piece on Vice. It said the friend zone isn't a thing and women don't owe you shit. And it's a piece by Christine Estima. And I was so excited to read this because when we were in Austin, I was, I was staying with an old friend and her boyfriend and they kind of brought this idea up too. Because I said that we get a lot of emails from guys complaining that they're in the friend zone. And my friend's boyfriend was like, the friend zone is bullshit. It doesn't exist. It's not real. Really? But I think think it's real because I've been friend zoned by guys. Same. And like, like, it's not that they just like don't like me as a person. Like they stayed friends with me for years and years and years. And I was very clearly into them. And then I got friend zoned. So that's happened to me one. It happened to me one time in particular. So this article. We wrote a whole chapter in our book about it. We did. We did. And we, but we kind of, so this really just takes on the perspective of, of men being quote unquote put in the friend zone by women. It, it, it kind of addresses that there can be the reverse, but they say it's kind of different. So, okay. So this is what this writer said. She said, the term friend zone has become so entrenched in our culture that it's almost never questioned. Like if you search self-help stuff, it's almost always like how to avoid the friend zone and how do you know you're in the friend zone? Um, And no one is stopping to think what this term is saying to women or how it affects us. She said, when men use the term friend zone, they are explicitly attempting to shame women for hurting their feelings. Friend zone shames women for exercising their right to say no, just as slut shames women for exercising their right to say yes. By using the friend zone, men are telling women that we owe them something. It tells us that we don't have autonomy over our own lives and that we should uh, that they, that should be decided for, and we owe them sex or a romantic relationship just for being nice. What do you think about that? Okay, to be totally honest, I wish I could tell you that I agree with this, and but I'm I think that this is like a bunch of PC bullshit, and I think the friend zone is real. And when you like somebody and you're friends with them and you want to take it to the next step, it's really hard to make that move. And sometimes someone's going to tell you it's hard to. Sometimes it's hard to read signals, and someone might tell you, I really only like you as a friend. And I think that is a real fucking thing. And I don't think women like, I don't think when guys say like, Oh, I've been friend zone. I think they're being more, if anything, they're being more self-deprecating about themselves. And they're saying like, yep, like she 
girl didn't like me. She only likes me as a friend. Like it happened to me. Like someone was not interested in me. I don't think that they're saying that women owe some owe you something. I'm sure there are some dicks out there that mean it like that. But mm-hmm. I, to me, in my experience with guys and girls and like me putting people in the friend zone and me being put in the friend zone, whenever I've said I've been friend zone, I mean it like self-deprecating to me. I don't think like the guy owes me anything. And when I friend zoned people, I don't, and they say like I friend zoned them. I don't think they ever thought I owed them anything. I think they were more were like kind of making fun of themselves. So I mm. honestly think that this is bullshit. That's my opinion. What do you think? I mean, I definitely, it made me think about it in a different way than I had before. I mean, I I do see, because like whenever they say like, oh, I'm in the friend zone, like I don't want to, like if you don't want to be a girl's friend, if you're not happy just being her friend, then like, uh, why were you interested in her, in her in the first place? You know, like, I guess it depends how it's said. If, if someone's like making fun of the girl and is like, Oh, that bitch put me in the friend zone. Yeah. That guy's a dick, but that guy's just a dick. There's nothing wrong with the label friend zone. I think that guy's just being an asshole. Like fucked up bitch. She put me in the friend zone. It's like, right. no, you're just a prick and she wasn't in, into you. Like that is a separate situation to me. Yeah. For, and like, I do feel like I've, I've liked guys that weren't interested in me and wanted to be friends. So like, I guess technically I've been in the friend zone before too. I just haven't called it that. Um, But like, mm, I, I think this is more about men being predatory the way she, for what it's worth, she breaks it down. Like um, saying that, she said the argument that men can also friends and women has been put out there, but it ignores one universal truth. Women don't see men as binary objects or binary options like fuckable or friend. Women have complex, nuanced, confusing, fulfilling, tumultuous relationships with women, men and non-gender binary persons. Um, men can as well, but the type of man who claims that he's been put in the friend zone is explicitly telling you he is categoriz- categorizing your worth on whether or not he wants to stick his dick in you. I. I see. I disagree with that. I don't, I think, uh, I think that, that saying like the type of guy that uses the word friend zone is such a broad term. You're basically putting like all guys in this category that anyone uses that phrase is being derogatory towards women. And that just has not been my personal experience. I've seen it used in both contexts. I think even just in our, in our emails that we receive from people. So I guess just some food for thought, food for thought. I like that. I like that uh, if you're fell out there, just think about it. Uh, Laura, what are you reading about? So I have been reading The Science of Us. This was an article called Five Science Back Tips to Make You Better in Bed. It's written oh, by a bunch of the editors and it's great. So they basically said every human desires to feel sexually confident and capable, which is why they have rounded up the best sex advice science has to offer. Who doesn't want that? Number one is get high. Great advice. Really? Yes, I swear. The number one thing is get stoned. According to a new small but in-depth study from NYU, marijuana goes better with sex than booze does, leading to magnified orgasms and less regret. Participants in the study claimed that getting high increased sensitivity while getting drunk led to desensitization and more regret. The research also (laughs) suggests that people hook up with fewer strangers while on marijuana. So take that how you will. So Hmm. um, have you ever have you ever hooked up on stoned honestly both alcohol and weed make me really really tired and the last thing i want to do is have sex i just want to pass out so 
maybe it feels good. I, I, I would want to hook up when I'm stoned. Like it, everything feels good. Like your senses are kind of heightened. But <laughs> well, I also get very, I, I sometimes I can tend to get like a little paranoid. So I'm like, oh, am I being, am I doing sex weird? <laughs> <laughs> am I doing the sex? <laughs> am I doing the sex right? I definitely, I feel like whenever I you get high, like there's a point that you hit where you're like just feeling great and you're like, oh, it'd be great to have sex right now. But that lasts, it doesn't last long enough to actually you have sex it's a short window i agree <laughs> number two is make your someone feel very special a new study out of israel found that when people felt their partner was being more attentive toward them they were thirstier for their partners and they had more sex which this seems uh, a yeah. pretty pretty self-explanatory but yeah scientists reason that when you feel your partner is responsive to you then you see your partner as someone desirable and worth pursuing so uh makes I lo- sense i love that make make your person get stoned and make them feel special number three is understand that having good sex takes work you got to work at it doesn't nobody's like natural Scientists from the University of Toronto analyzed how the way you frame your assumptions about sexual chemistry shapes your sexual chemistry. They found that couples who believed you had to put effort into sex in order for it to get better reported higher satisfaction in both the bedroom and the relationship. So you you got to talk about sex. You got to like talk about what you like, what you don't like. You got to put in work. You can't just like assume you're just going to like hook up. And it's going to be great and you're both going to be super fulfilled. Yeah. And that's not as easy as it may sound. No, it's really difficult. difficult. I have struggled to talk about sex. Same. But they're saying it's worth the fight. It's worth the fight. If you want to have good sex, you have to understand that it takes work. All right. Two more. Number four is don't study texts on sex. Study your partner. Beyond the basic anatomy of knowing what goes where, the best thing you can do to get better at sex is listen to your partner. You can't rely on noises or gestures. You must rely on positive guidance. So this kind of goes with number three, I think. It really comes down to communication. You really have to talk. And that the research suggests that what really drives sexual satisfaction is having a rapport and like talking with each other. Hmm. So have you found that to be true? Yeah, it's difficult, but I do think when the conversations happen, it improves things. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I, yeah, I, do, I, I struggle with this. It's hard. It's hard to not like laugh, you know, when you try to talk about yeah. things. Yeah. And then like you're, I mean, for me, I'm always like, if we have the conversation, then the conversation is going to be in the back of our head when we're having sex and we're not going to be concentrating on what's happening. We're going to be thinking about the conversation about yeah. what's happening. And it's just a vicious cycle. It's easy to overthink things. We yeah. were talking the other day about you and I were talking about how like, like when you're with someone so long and you do things like the same way, if you try anything new, it's like, Oh, what right. you, you were like, Oh, that's right. Cause that's something different. You know, you're both thinking, Oh, <laughs> we added something. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I loved how you explained that. It was funny. Um, okay, the last one, was, which is such a good reminder. I really love this one. Uh, be more altruistic. It turns out that people really are just looking for kindness in a partner. According to new research, altruistic behavior significantly predicted how satisfied participants were with their sexual behavior and the number of sexual partners. So previous research has shown that people prefer more unselfish long-term partners, but this study shows generosity can be sexy in the short term too, proof that nice guys don't always finish last. So so let's recap. Get stoned. Make your person feel special. Know you got to put in the work to have good sex. Talk to your partner and just be a fucking kind person. Got it? Great. 
on that note, you ready to jump into the mailbox? Yeah. Okay. First though, Angela, we got to take a moment to thank some of our sponsors. All right, Angela, what do we have in the mailbox? Uh, we have a question from Tane from New Zealand. I hope I'm saying her name correctly. Tane wants to know, um, she says, I have a fairly quick question that I'm slightly worried about. Are there stages in life where relationships are impossible to maintain or even get into one? I've just got a new job in a new country and my roster has me going all over the place. So she wants to know if, if is that one of those situations where it's impossible to get into a relationship? I mean, I'm sure it's more difficult if you're traveling all over the place and you're not in one area, but I think this is kind of no different than having a long-term relationship, right? And like that definitely can happen. I don't know about you, you but mean my, long distance. Oh, sorry, yeah. long sorry, long distance relationship. So if you're running around all the, you know, all over the place, you're going to be communicating over Skype, over text, over email, on the phone. So you might as well be in a long distance relationship and there's a lot there's a lot of support there. My parents, for example, had a long distance relationship. They never lived in the same city until they married. And now they've been together for over 30 years. That's pretty crazy. So like from my perspective, I'm I'm like a truly big believer in long, long distance relationships. And I don't even necessarily think you ever have to like live in the same city because they they knew each other. They thought they talked about having like the same values and what they wanted in the future. And and then when they were married, they just were really committed to each other. They agreed never to use like the D word when they when they fought and they never brought up divorce and never threatened it. And they I don't know. Those are just like two of the things I'm sure that led to like a long lasting marriage. But I'm all for long distance relationships. So I'm. My personal belief is that like you can make a relationship work in at any stage. She maybe wants to focus on her job right now, so if that's true and she doesn't want a relationship, then then you know, that's not something that she wants, but just keeping a positive attitude and saying like I'm welcoming all of these exciting things happening in my life, she can have whatever she wants. Yeah, I agree. I think it's less about like her actual physical place, more about her emotional place, like you might be in an emo- in an emotional place where it's not a good idea to get into a relationship. So you just have to ask yourself, like, am I, I'm traveling around a lot and I'm focused on my job, which is great. Do I even want a relationship? Um, am I, am I available emotionally for a relationship? Can I be a supportive partner? Mm-hmm. All those good things. Ever since we had the guest, James Rohr, who's my acupuncturist and he's a relationship expert acupuncturist to the stars i've really been trying to put like his advice into my mindset which he's all about asking questions in a positive way so instead of saying like is it a bad time Mm -hmm. you know like is this a difficult time like more asking that in a more positive way like what why is this a good time in my life to be in a relationship and she can look at it and say well i'm just got a new job I'm really excited about. I'm excited to be exploring a new city. So maybe this would be like an exciting time to also start another new thing, which is a relationship and just putting more positivity out there, I think changes one's mindset. Hmm. So that's what I think. All right, Tanae. Tanae, good luck. Let us know what happens. And I'm curious to know what country she's in. Yeah, she signed her email like from New Zealand. So I don't know if that's her new current country. Or, or her, her old country. Oh, that's so cool. Um, 
I wonder. Yeah, that's that's really exciting. <laughs> cool either way. Cool either way. I've always wanted to go to New Zealand. Our book is out there. I really want to go. Eventually. Eventually I'll go. Guys, if you want your listener questions answered or if you have funny text messages from an app you want to share, email us at contact at thisiswhyyoursingleshow.com. You can also find our contact info on our website at thisiswhyyoursingleshow.com. Now let's dive in to our reason of the week. This week's reason is introverts can date too. They sure can. It's a common misconception that being an introvert means being shy or quiet. Um, I We both read Amy Schumer's book and she has a whole chapter on being an introvert that I just found so fascinating because it made me realize I'm like this outgoing person that talks too much, that like loves being a leader and all these things. And I made me realize that I think I'm an introvert also because I require so much alone time and I love alone time. I'm alone probably more than I am with people. I don't know. You found a quote you really liked in the book. Yeah, because Amy Schumer identifies as an introvert, which a lot of people might be surprised by. She says, being an introvert doesn't mean you're shy. It means you enjoy being alone, not just enjoy it. You need it. If you're a true introvert, other people are basically energy vampires. I totally identify with that. So do I. So do I. I have a lot of, and I, I, I would be very curious to know, and I don't know this for a fact, can people start off as extroverts and then become introverts? Because I used to like enjoy being in bigger groups and now I'm more of a one-on-one friend. Yeah. You know what's funny? I am not sure that I'm 100% introverted, even though I'm kind of a shy person. I definitely, because um, Amy Schumer talks a lot about how when she was a kid and she'd be playing with people, she would have to like just run off and and she would just disappear and her friends wouldn't know where she went because she would I just do need that. to be alone. I do I was that. An, I, I remember there being that kid in the group, but I was never that kid. Like I like being around people. Like I, when I'm upset or depressed, like I actually feel better when I'm around people, but they have to be the right people. See, I'm the opposite. If I'm feeling down or depressed, I need to be alone. And I really related to her talking about, I think she talked about like being at a party and like just needing to like go down to the basement and be alone. (laughs) Well, she says, I've sat in a Starbucks bathroom and just sat on the floor to take a minute. (laughs) That is a hundred percent me, which is so, that'd be so shocking if of our relationship, Angela, you're the extrovert and I'm the introvert because I'm usually the one like talking, talking, talking. But then I require a lot of alone time whenever I go home to Christmas at Nick's house. I'm usually with like I will hang out with the adults and talk for a little bit. And then at some point I can't take a lot and I have to go. I'll go down the basement to be with the like babies, kids and animals. <laughs> and I just like right. need a minute. Yeah, I definitely not just his family, like any family, like any big party. Well, I straddle the line, I think, because I if I'm around a lot of like people I don't know well or strangers, it's like emotionally exhausting for me. Like some people can just kind of like go to a party and have fun. But like, I feel so tense. Mm, That's interesting. And like when I go home, I'm just like, oh, see, I'm very like comfortable to party, but I just can't do it for too long, you know? Yeah. I don't know. You found some introvert dating tips, which I found interesting. I did. So these are just a few. If if you if you are an introvert, Google dating tips because it turns out there's a lot on the internet. Um, so they said, don't feel the need to fill every awkward silence, which I like because I think sometimes when you're an introverted person and there's a silence, you feel like it's your fault. It's not. But conversation is a two-way street. It really is. It's okay to just let let it breathe. You want to be with somebody who you can be comfortably silent with. So just let it breathe. Um, 
another tip I found was you might have to compromise sometimes. Your partner needs to know that sometimes you need to recharge. So if you go to a party or something, like they have to be understanding that you can't, maybe you can't stay long or maybe you just need a minute outside by yourself. But then you also kind of have to grit your teeth and put on a smile and be down to socialize because not everybody is an introvert and some people need to socialize. And then the best tip was get an extroverted friend to play your wingman. I do feel like you and I are like kind of like, well, we have so much in common, but then we're in many ways we're like opposites attract kind of friendship. It would be, I never thought of it as like you as the extrovert and me as the introvert, but that would be a very interesting that, that would be great. Yeah. That would be really like cool. a quiz or something. Yeah. I would love to find out who's the introvert and who's the extrovert of us. Maybe but we're the same. We're definitely both victims of the, the other people being energy vampires. A hundred percent. Which definitely can, when, when we were both single and dating, that made it, I, I, I can at least say for me, that was very tiring. Getting my energy sucked. Yes. By yeah. some Tinder vampires. Oh. Are you ready for our reason of the week? Breakdown. <laughs> Sometimes it's hard to read an introverted person's vibe. Do they need alone time or do they just hate you? (laughs) We'll try and help you figure it out in a game we call. Am I introverted or do I just hate you? I sorry, I didn't want to cheat on the game. So I had already already scrolled down. So I I wasn't cheating. We're going to say it together, but it's okay. Sorry. We didn't rehearse it. Um, Okay, so I'm going to read some scenarios and Laura has to guess if it's a situation where I'm being introverted or I hate her. All right, I'm going to give you the, I'm going to pass over the fancy, the fancy game show cues. Always super exciting when I get to control these. And they're fun. They're like, it's kind of like an old school radio show where there's like buttons and they, they're game shows. Okay, I'm ready. Okay. So scenario number one, I leave your party early without saying goodbye to anyone because I can't deal with all the hugging. Am I introverted or do I just hate you? Um, so Amy Schumer does this a lot in her book. It's kind of like she like does like the Irish exit at a party and she says it's because she's introverted. Um, I've definitely done this too. Personally, I think it's more respectful just to say goodbye to the host of a party. So it's a little bit of both, but because... Amy Schumer, as of now, she's like the expert on introversion. I'm going to say it's just because you're introverted. All right. I think it's it's because you're introverted. Yeah, I, I think. But I am like, I, I definitely when I am feeling. But if I've reached the point where I need to like ditch a party and I, you know, this actually happened to me. It's so funny. I know we got to wrap up soon, but this <laughs> happened to me like maybe a few weeks ago, we went to a friend's housewarming party and I don't think Nick really, cause I'm so outgoing. I don't think he really understands my introversion completely. We were at a friend's housewarming party and I just like had kind of had enough and had, you know, enjoyed being around people, but had the energy sucked and I was ready to leave and I didn't want to say goodbye to anybody. I was like, no, let's just go. Let's just go. And I wanted to do the like Irish exit ghosting. There was so many people that had like packed the housewarming party. It was really fun. Everybody there was nice. It was nothing against anybody, but I just wanted to ditch. And he looked at me horrified (laughs) and he was like, that's so rude. No, we need to say goodbye to everybody. And I was like, I felt really 
bad, but I have heard a lot that a lot of introverted people, they just have to do the Irish exit. Well, I think because goodbyes in particular are very awkward sometimes. Like I never know, especially when I don't know somebody well, like do I hug you? Do we shake hands? What I hate is when you go to say goodbye to somebody at a party and they're like, no, don't leave, don't leave. And they try to make you stay. And I've taken note of that. So whenever I have a party and someone comes up to me to say goodbye, a lot of times they're prepared for me to beg them to stay. And they're like, oh, sorry, I got to go. And I have recognize that i fucking can't stand when other people do that to me and try to beg me to stay when i'm already like awkwardly coming to say goodbye to you so i make sure when i'm hosting a party that i always say oh my god great like thank you so much for coming like get, i mean don't be too safe. excited that i'm leaving yeah i try not i to, want you to be a little sad yeah well you know <laughs> what i mean but i definitely a hundred percent if you're leaving my party i will never beg you to stay because that is one of my pet peeves hmm, good tip yeah Okay, next scenario. We go on a date. You ask me nothing about myself and talk about your job the whole time. So I stop answering your texts. Am I introverted or do I just hate you? You just hate me because I'm rude and didn't ask anything about yourself. Sorry, I just cut you off there. But okay. you're, you're correct. Great. That's, uh, I hate you. Um, next scenario. You invite me to hang out with a group of your friends on the first date and I say no. Am I introverted or do I just hate you? Um... This is hard. I think it would be it would be nicer if you eventually want to meet my friends. But as an introvert, perhaps you're just not in the mood to socialize with multiple people that particular night. So I'm going to say introverted. So actually, I think it's both because that's I think kind of what I said, right? Yeah. So I, I'm giving you the ding ding because I think that that is always a terrible idea for a first date. Oh, yeah. A first date should just be one on one. Oh, yeah. I missed... Honestly, Angela, I wasn't listening that well, and I missed the part that it was a first date. So, yeah, if it's a first date, that's a yeah. bad first date. Yeah. and But also, like, on top of that, if you're an introverted person, that's, like, a nightmare. A nightmare. that's a lot of new people but to I interact say, with. if you're an introvert, at some point, you've got to, like, get past your... You've got to get past that, and you've got to meet other people's friends and family just out of courtesy. Sometimes sure. you have to sacrifice a little of your energy and like give over to the energy vampires to to make your person happy. Right, but a first date's a big ask. Yeah, that fuck no. <laughs> okay, next, uh, you take me hiking, even though I've told you I don't like the outdoors. Uh, I'm grumpy the whole time. Am I introverted or do I just hate you? You just hate you because you're not listening to what they're into. Correct. Cool. You got to pick up on the the cues there. Um, okay, you're the you're one of the close. Sorry, you're one of those close talkers. So I defy gravity and stand on a slant to avoid your intense face and avoid eye contact. Am I introverted or do I just hate you? You're also avoiding some spitback, probably because you know we've all been, you know, talking to a close talker and you get a I little close talkers bit in your cheek. You just hate you, or they just hate you. Whatever wrong laura you're wrong i'm introverted eye contact is really hard if you're introverted not for everyone really is that is that a thing of introversion i didn't know that kind of yeah or is that just you i googled it oh <laughs> oh that's very fascinating yeah I, I guess maybe i notice when i'm in introverted moments i don't make as much eye contact so i understand right. that um i i have a very close talking friend of a friend that's it. My dog's going crazy. Yeah, Apologies. sorry, Sam. Sorry. She's an extroverted. She's an extroverted dog. Uh, um, all right, what else we got? But yeah, hate hate those close talkers. Um, I went out for coffee and didn't ask if you wanted anything. 
Am I introverted or do I just hate you? Um, you just hate you. Really? Uh, I said introverted because like that, because like you never know it, but in your mind, like people, people are like, Oh, like what is the etiquette here? Like, I don't want to bother them. Like, like that is if I interrupt bullshit. Them, no, that's rude. That's just it, a rude person. It could also just be that. that that's rude. You. I'm sorry. Introversion is not an excuse for just being a narcissist and not thinking about other people and asking them what kind but of I think coffee they want. You're thinking too much about other, you're just thinking about everything too much. And then you just don't do anything to avoid the Really? The etiquette. All right. All right. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. But it could, I mean, it could also just be that a person hates you. It depends on the person. So maybe really. that one's a both. Yeah, that's kind of a both. Can you give me a ding ding then? Because honestly, all right, all right. even if you're introverted, like, don't be a dick and ask what kind of coffee people want. We'll go out on a high note. Here you go. Thank you. You're welcome. I think you won that game. Thank you. That's great. Great news. Uh, well, thanks for creating this game for me. That was a lot sure, of fun. Sure. We hope we have cleared up this week's reason. That is it for this week's This Is Why You're Single podcast. Guys, check out our book. It's available on Amazon, Barnes Noble. You can also listen to our audiobook on Audible. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Your Single Show. You can follow our personals as well. I am at Sparadactyl. I am at Laura Lane on Twitter and I'm at Laura Lane Rad on Instagram. Um, make sure to like and subscribe on iTunes if you enjoy the show. Thank you guys so much for listening. Tune in next week for a whole new show. Bye. Bye. This is why you're single. 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 That was a headgum podcast. <laughs>